0: The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show as we approach Halloween weekend. I'm just curious, and you can answer me in the chat room uh, most easily here, but uh, does anybody have like traditional Halloween plans this year, or has the pandemic and the shutdowns imposed by many of our state governments uh, put a kibosh on all of that. Has that been completely ruled out? I don't. I don't know what's. I know in here in New York you can't do anything. You can do nothing here in New York, and I'm sure it'll be that way till after the election, November fourth. Everything will be um, roses and sunshine. I have a feeling. Um, But if you can get out and you can do stuff, please be safe and enjoy yourself because uh, Halloween is a special time of year. In fact, it's getting to the point where Halloween is starting to eclipse Christmas and the Christmas season for uh, what people will spend on the things they're doing. And I don't know what the statistics are, but I know I know that it's at least the second most uh, observed or popular holiday after Christmas um, and it's gaining ground. Pretty cool stuff, although I'm still uh, all about Christmas as well. Love the Christmas season. Anyway, we've got a really great show. We're going to be talking tonight about uh, some of the uh, things that we can look forward to in, in the future, including what's going to happen with these shutdowns in the pandemic. Our guest tonight will be Linda Sherman. She's an astrologer and an author. She'll talk about the presidential election, the economy, the environment, and a number of global crises uh, of what she says are a monumental nature that she's been predicting over the last 20 years. She's written about these, she's um, put them in books and on her new uh her newsletter and her website and we're going to talk about all of that and how she actually conducts her work as an astrologist. You know, what do you I've always been a little bit unsure as to how all of that work works and um I uh I'm anxious to hear uh linda explained it to us uh what else do i have to bring oh just please subscribe find us on twitch just search for jv johnson when you do follow us there and if you subscribe there is a fee but you get some perks like ad free viewing and you also get access to our special emotes and some other things plus we're going to start doing subscriber only um shows that is coming but if you have a an amazon prime account you can link that amazon prime account to the Twitch page as a subscriber, and you don't have to pay anything because Amazon actually owns Twitch. So you can do that, and you avoid having to pay a subscription fee, which is really, really nice. Also, find us on YouTube just there. You can search for Jv Johnson as well. There is no fee to subscribe there. It's a free subscription, and we appreciate you subscribing to any and all of our online um, vehicles. The podcast is on all major podcast platforms, You can find it there. Please subscribe, as well as uh, what I just mentioned, YouTube and Twitch. So I think that's going to do it. Let's, uh, Let's go to break here. Let's get our guest, Linda Sherman, on, and we'll start talking about astrology and the future. That's what we'll be talking about all night tonight on Beyond Reality. Don't go away. Hey, gang, JV here. You know that great nutrition can lead to a great life, healthy, happy, rewarding. But that nutrition simply cannot be found in the foods we eat alone. Take a minute and assess your health, the way you feel, the way your family feels, the way your kids feel. Health is more than just feeling well. It's also making sure you have a strong immune system, especially in these trying times. Vitamins aren't enough alone. In fact, they have to be the right vitamins, the right supplements made from the most effective ingredients. Otherwise, they don't do the job. It makes the world of a difference. There's a new website you can visit that will help you navigate these ideas and guide you to better health. There's no obligation. Just visit MyHealthRocksNow.com. That's MyHealthRocksNow.com and start feeling better today. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host J.V. Johnson. Thank you for joining us tonight. We've got a special program for you tonight. We've got Linda Sherman on. Linda is an astrologer and an author. We're going to be talking about her forecasts based on the um, astrological predictions of the presidential election, the economy, the environment. We're also going to talk about uh, a series of global crises of a monumental nature that uh, Linda has forecasted and been predicting over the past 20 years. Linda, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's a real pleasure to have you with us tonight.
1: Well, thank you for having me, J.V. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Now, I think you and I, and this doesn't happen very often uh, on this program or on any program for that matter, but you and I share an area code, and I think we are virtual neighbors here, maybe only an hour or two apart. I'm in Cooperstown, New York. Are you still in Ithaca?
1: Yes, I am. We are are neighbors. (laughs)
0: We are upstate neighbors. (laughs) Um, Let me ask you this. Uh, I am starting to tire of upstate New York winters. How are you faring?
1: I just like I like upstate New York the rest of the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The other 2 months of the year, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's great to, it's great to have a fellow upstate New Yorker on the program. Linda, tell us about astrology. What is it that we're talking about when we use that term?
1: Okay, astrology is a study of astronomical events. Uh, in relationship to climates and cycles in our lives here on Earth. That's the simplest description I can give. We deal with the planets in our solar system up against the backdrop of constellations. Uh, as I say, uh, I'm in the second oldest profession. We go back about 5,000 years, and uh, we have been... Um, uh, uh astrology it has been studied for a long long time it's something you study it's something you practice it's not something you arrive at you keep growing with it as time goes on, the ancient symbols take on new meanings as our society develops and changes, uh, and uh, it is a, it is just an absolutely fascinating study. Now, what astrology won't do is predict an exact event. What we do is predict types of events that tend to happen in the cycle that we're in. Uh, so my last was Our Choice Extinction or Evolution that I wrote with Richard Spitzer, who's a data analyst from Wall Street originally uh we discuss the kind of cycles that we are in now and can look forward to in the future and the i think the important thing in astrology is we can reveal the nature of these cycles we look at where the planets were in past eras maybe hundreds of years ago to track well how are those how it, are we going to be experiencing that now and and into the future. The important thing to remember here, it is our choice as to how we deal with the cycle that we're in, the decisions that we make. How do we direct these issues and themes in our lives? And that's where the idea that humankind has a choice. We can we can follow different pathways. So astrology outlines in a sense is sort of like the weather. <laughs> it tells us a weather <laughs> forecast and we decide how we're going to manage ourselves in that weather.
0: You said a lot there, but to help me better understand what this is the, what the practice of astrology is when you are looking at the alignment of um, celestial bodies and you're, and you're working out your predictions from those alignments, are you, um, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this and actually have it sound intelligent, are you uh, reading what these celestial bodies are doing to affect us or are they just predicting, our be- or predicting what may or may not happen in the future? Is it, which is influencing the other, I guess?
1: good question. Uh, it, It has to do with cause and effect. We really don't know the answer to that. What we do know is that types of events and issues and themes synchronize with the planetary pictures. Whether the planets are the causal factor is we don't know the answer to that. We only know that you know when Mars is prominent. Let's say in an individual chart or the chart of the nation, or uh, very very close to Earth and making some serious aspects like it has been in recent times. There tends to be a revolution and conflict and upheaval and very often war uh, with the in in the regions that Mars is affecting the most. So there are the. These tendencies, we we don't necessarily assume that the planet Mars itself is scattering is war dust over us. <laughs> we just say that, that we know in time that these planetary pictures, emotions, will predict a type of thing that will tend to happen in our lives. But cause and effect, that's a whole other thing.
0: So, I mean, there, there are a lot of astrologists who do a lot of work. Your, your track record is, is remarkable at how accurate you've been able to be with, with your predictions and your assessments of what you see in the stars. Not everybody comes up with the same answers and the same results. Uh, what makes the difference? How much of it is open to interpretation?
1: Uh, Everything is open to interpretation, but we astrologers are all human beings, and we come from different backgrounds, and sometimes our technology is a little bit different. There are, there's Hindu astrology, (coughs) excuse me, there's what we call Uranian astrology, there's sidereal astrology, there are, are, there's a lot of different angles that astrologers come at this study from. And uh, I have felt, I think many astrologers specialize in certain areas. There are medical astrologers. I have had a practice for 46 years doing private readings, which is my primary <clears throat> way that I make a living, is I do readings for individual people and interpret their charts about their talents, abilities, and what lies ahead for them. But I have also... Felt very passionate about the subject of what's called mundane astrology, which is a, a word that's probably a poor word to use to describe what it is because it's the fate of nations, of economies, of environments, uh, that that I feel that the astrology of the, the planets should have relevance to what's going on in our lives. So I try to look at, to keep posted, I read a lot of works of journalists and writers who through the years I've developed enormous respect for uh, in terms of their analysis of, of what's going on in our country, what's going on in the world, and I see how do these planets relate relate to these things that are really happening uh, and, and how are they really happening. So uh, the, the kind of astrology I do isn't what you would call tremendously esoteric. It, it really deals with uh, things that I have found uh, through the years uh, 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 are very, very important to us. Big Issues, Uh, 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 for instance, one of the big issues that I talk about is uh, the economies. I really feel that economies are almost, not quite, but almost the bottom line to everything. If if economy doesn't work uh, for a nation or for its people, the nation doesn't work. And there's always been this battle between the so-called left and the so-called right and the socialists and the capitalists and the this, that, and the other thing. I would love to throw all of those words out the window and say we're in a real crisis in the world at large and here in the United States because, in a sense, most people have lost their shot, as I'm finally I call it a lot. To get, like, I think what's important is that we should have a shot at success. We should have a shot at an education. We should have a shot at being able to provide for ourselves and our families. And I'd say approximately over the past 50, 55 years, we've been losing that, that the money that this nation makes or generates, uh, it, it's, it's mind-boggling. The upper 1% owns anywhere, depending on which chart you're looking at, 82 to 88% of this country's wealth. We have an epidemic of homelessness and destitution in this country that hasn't been seen since the 1930s, the Great Depression. We have people who are struggling. They, they, their wages haven't grown. Uh, the job market hasn't grown. And and there, there's nobody there solving these. And yet, somebody like Jeff Bezos has more money than four or five countries yeah. put together. Yeah. So economic inequality, and nobody believes that everyone is totally equal in their capacity. That's just ridiculous. You and I have different talents. We have different abilities. We have different experiences. But we should have a shot at finding what works for us that contributes to our society and being able to make a living at it. That's not there. Now, this is a big issue. So when I look at planets, I look at the the transit of Pluto in Capricorn since 2008 up into the present and will be there until 2024. I see that transit as saying something about the concentration of wealth and power in this country. Who has it? And and how is this playing out? And as an astrologer, I say, what tracking Pluto's transit through Capricorn? And this year, we had... Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all coming together in that sign. So when I was on Coast to Coast radio uh, January 2nd of this year, I said, this is the year of the comeuppance, people. We may have a SARS virus that hits us because there was an angle there that told me uh, there might be an epidemic or a pandemic of some sort. I said we would have a stock market crash somewhere between March and April. Was the result of the virus, the stock market crashed, even though it, it, it came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said we were going to have a fight to the photo finish with this election. We were going to have demonstrations with Mars transiting Aries, squaring all of this, uh, that we were going to have a uh, uh rebellions and and uh all kinds of things going on in the street and of course the black lives matter movement just absolutely skyrocketed this year so uh, these things point to this type of thing and you ask me uh you know how how did I get fairly good at predicting these things because this is where my passion is this is where I feel astrology is relevant it's not some pie in the sky thing <laughs> this is relevant and tells us what do we need to look at how do we need to approach these things uh, and and not only do i feel strongly about predicting what these challenges are but i feel very strongly, about the remedies as well,
0: I want to go back to something you said um when you started that answer, uh, and I just want to make sure again I understand it is is much of the subjective nature of this or the interpretation of what you see when you look at the alignment of these these celestial bodies uh is it based on what you noticed Um, in the past with those same alignments? So do you look at a certain alignment and say, okay, last time these bodies were aligned this way, this happened in the world, therefore, and then you go back to the time before that and you see something else, and you can develop patterns by looking at that?
1: Yes. uh, I'm just so glad. The way you put it is exactly the way we work with astrology. Uh, For instance, the same Pluto in Capricorn. In fact, Pluto before it goes into Capricorn, it goes through Sagittarius. So a period of time when Pluto transited Sagittarius and then his transit Capricorn. Well, what was a segment in history that was a big deal? The Protestant Reformation in Europe. Yeah. Martin Luther and King Henry VIII. <laughs> people that <laughs> now, this was a huge thing because the the Roman Catholic Church at that time in Europe was as powerful as any of the kings were. Uh, they they almost shared equal say, yeah, power. I would say they were more immoral. powerful.
0: I would say they were more right. powerful. The kings bowed to the Pope.
1: Yes. Now, when you had Martin Luther that, you know, uh, hung up his 99 Theses or whatever, and you had King Henry VIII that simply wanted the
2: Church to grant him divorce... That's right. <laughs> Uh, and when you had these
1: things kind of exploding onto the scene in the 1500s, that was a very big deal. And it was a permanent change. It formed a, the, 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 bunch of Protestant religions that, that came after, and it really took away an enormous amount of power from, from the Catholic Church as an actual economic and governing entity in that time. Now, in recent years, you've seen what has happened to the Catholic Church, the scandals that have erupted uh, in the Catholic Church, and the changes that have been going on there. Uh, the, the Catholic Church does not have the power— that it had back in the 1500s. But still, things were continuing to happen in that direction. But the main thing is that we've had enormous shakeups in our country and in the world at large. People have lost confidence in the government to, to, to act in their interest. They've lost confidence in both political parties. And, and there's been a, a range of reactions to this. Some of it, people have gone into conspiracy groups and, and have blamed people of different colors, people of different religions, people of different races, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or they just get mad at the guy next door or whatever, or uh, whatever and they get mad and they start arming themselves, there's that response of kind of a rebellion because many of these people simply lost their jobs, manufacturing left the country, Uh it continues to leave the country, Uh and people don't know what hit them in this economy. They're, people are rebelling, they know they got screwed. I've made it my business to look into what is this use and abuse of power. Who started all this and who made it happen? Well, what started it was the giant corporations and banks were allowed to finance and outsource jobs to cheap labor abroad to countries where there were no environmental laws, and and no labor laws, and so that they were able to take just take manufacturing clean out of this nation mm-hmm. and profit, and especially in China and India, but mainly in in China. And uh, we've had a lot of anger in recent years. China, the trade deficits in there skyrocketing, in their technology, and they are a dictatorship. They are literally a quote. They call themselves communists, but that's a word that gets thrown around. They're basically a military dictatorship. That's right. And back as early as the 1980s, we started feeling, wow, this is a great opportunity for markets. This is a great opportunity for cheap labor, that we can take our factories out of this country. So the corporations... And these bigwigs, uh, financed by the banks and everything, that's exactly what they did over a period of time. And guess who allowed that to happen? Both parties of Congress, both Democrats and Republicans, made laws that made this easy to happen. So here we are. We have lost millions and millions and millions of jobs, and what is left are low-paying jobs. You know, it's something very interesting. My daughter... <laughs> is- lives near Portland, Oregon, one of my daughters volunteered at a homeless shelter and told me something very shocking. There's about sixty, seventy thousand 70,000 homeless people now in Portland, Oregon. There's like over 100,000 in Los Angeles There's 75,000 in New York City. But in Portland, <coughs> she, she said, you know, you thought that there would be all these people lying around with substance abuse problems outcast society since there were a whole bunch of young couples there with children married and each one of them had two jobs apiece and they couldn't even afford rent in a one-bedroom apartment so their whole family was living in a homeless shelter Mm -hmm. working people living in homeless shelters because Real estate has skyrocketed. The cost of real estate has skyrocketed because again, these very, very wealthy people, especially after the crash in 08, 09, went and bought everything up and fixed it up and then raised the prices. So we have, we don't have affordable housing. We don't have affordable health care. We don't have an entree into our economic system where people can make a decent wage. This is why people are angry. This is why they're upset. But instead of yelling at, you know, the political parties yelling at each other, actually they're both responsible for this. And who's responsible at the core of it? The banks who financed it, the giant banks and the big corporations and the people at the top of those corporations that are making tons of money on their profits, offshoring their taxes and and, and suppressing the labor force over here. And this this is what has happened. This is where the powerful, how they the abuse and misuse of power and people becoming angry. About it, and too often people don't know how this happened to them or why it happened to them. So they blame immigrants and they blame everybody around them and get mad at everybody around them and buy guns and start to go out and shoot everybody. Right? And it that isn't where the problem is. It's the extremely wealthy, powerful entities at the top of this food chain that generated these policies that got us to where we are now. So as an astrologer, I feel that I have to be relevant. I have to do my research. I have to be a detective. I can't just look at the planets alone. They tell me a great deal. They tell me where to look. The planet says, where do you look? What door do you open? And then I have to find out what has really been going on if that answers your question. We covered
2: a lot of ground
0: there, Linda. And, you know, I I, I can certainly say that, uh, you know, I haven't been on this planet that long, but I've been on the planet long enough that I can say what's happening right now is I'm seeing the most angst, I'm seeing the most stress, I'm seeing the most anger and hatred. Yes. Uh, and yes. it's hard to understand how... People can hate one another so overtly, uh, specifically when it it tends to come down to maybe a political point of view or or whatever it happens to be. I've never seen people so anxious, and maybe not anxious, willing to hate one another over what the other person might think or might not think it's it's bizarre to me. And I don't know if what you're saying here is that we're being influenced by, you know, what what's happening above us in the skies or if the, the skies are telling us that, you know, this is what we can expect. And it's probably a combination of both.
1: It is that the planetary patterns have said we've been through this in other ways in the past, and this so we're going to go through this in this modern way now, and and it is it's also bringing out what you mentioned Uh, in human psychology a real. Uh, deficiencies in all of us, and I'm not speaking from a lofty mountaintop here. I get just as angry as the next guy does. (laughs) You know, I'm feeling it in a sense, but we've thrown out all components of civilization. It's just we it's like we're crocodiles all snapping at each other we 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 seem to have abandoned all conscious thought. now there are many things behind this. this took a long time, but over the course i'm I'm a pretty old lady I'm eighty years old, so I have seen a lot in my eighty <laughs> years and lived through a lot and uh, and and I remember a time when we were civil to one another absolutely. Uh, uh, when we were kind to one another we felt that human kindness was was the pathway and i i, I want to say when i was in my freshman year of high school we took civics And political science. That's right. We looked at, we had this in the class. We had debates in our classroom in ninth grade about the issues and themes that we had to face, what political parties were saying, who was running against who. This was removed from the classrooms. I don't know how many years ago. Uh, my grandchildren today don't even have it. In no, they class.
0: don't. They don't. They don't even. They don't really teach anything uh, related to what it means to be a citizen, responsibilities, and exactly, uh,
2: and, and they don't. They don't even touch exactly. it.
1: Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, back around 2010, Sandra Day O'Connor retired from the Supreme Court. Her husband was very ill, and she felt she had to take care, so she retired. She and Richard Dreyfus were going around the country trying to get schools to reincorporate civics into the classroom because people need to know how their government should work, how it works, how it doesn't work, Mm -hmm. how it should work, uh, what's going on. This has been abandoned, and so many things in public public education has really, really gone downhill in proportion to what our needs are today. Critical thinking is like almost absent debate. You you look at debates where people just call each other names and get mad and stomp (laughs) off the stage. (laughs) All of this This isn't. Civilization. I remember a time when the League of Women Voters managed the presidential debates and how civilized they were. You know, I have to uh,
0: let me let me just interrupt you, Linda, because I find that point very fascinating. Because after the first presidential debate a few weeks ago, the first one, uh, which uh-huh. I thought was a bit appalling, um, yes. I immediately after that debate went on to YouTube and watched a Reagan Carter debate, which was um, sponsored by the League of Women Voters, and I thought, yes. wow. When did we lose the ability to hold a debate like this? Because it was so well done and so informative. It was issues. Yeah. It was issues. And it was answers. And it was, you know, it was respectful at the same time. And
1: they, Reagan and Carter treated each other with the utmost respect. They did. Refreshing, yes. wasn't it? It was. It was. To it think was that so maybe refreshing. Humanity was like that at one time. That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it is so right, Jv.
0: It was. It was. I actually, you actually could look at those two men on the stage and think, "Wow, there's there's uh, there's some adults and maturity in this in this world after right. all." Or there was anyway. Um, but yeah, so I know exactly what you're saying on that point.
1: We have come to something here in our society. We, we realize the xenophobia and racism that has been with this country for 400 years, even before it was a country. And, and all and these and there's fear. You know, the bottom of all of this is fear. People fear that somebody else is going to take their job away, or their property away, or their this away, or their that away. We have there must be, and this is what I write about in my newsletters and books all the time, we must have a transformation in consciousness on this planet. The human race cannot continue, as I said, to be alligators snapping at one another. Not only do we have massive failures in the economies and, and uh, corp, giant corporations that are allowed to get away with everything, they contaminate our food system with hormones and everything. We have an obesity epidemic in this country that we have never seen in my life people did not look like this 30 or 40 years ago why because special engineered antibiotics are allowed to be put in with the chickens and the turkeys and the cattle and the everything that they raise for feed and and we're getting those hormones and those antibiotics in our diet and it, 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 we're just—it's it, like the corporations have been allowed to get away with everything. It's interesting in the mid nineteen eighties, and as as a moderator on a on a show, you may know this because Ted Koppel informed us about this a number of years ago. One of the news people I have tremendous respect for. He's retired now. In mid 1980s eighty six or eighty seven. Up to that time, there were laws on our books that said if you're in news comp, if you're the New York Times or the this or the, or you're uh, a news show on TV, uh, a news reporting, you say, I'm giving news. You have to tell the truth. And if you don't, you could be sued or you could be punished or or whatever. Around 1986, Congress, both parties now, we're talking about got rid of that. And so at, at at that time now I believe I'm a great believer in freedom of speech I know you are you you moderate a, a talk show like Absolutely. this a yeah. uh, uh, freedom of speech but now Nobody has to tell anything that's the truth or write anything that's the truth. They could pretty much say anything they want, and as a result, again, you have an uneducated public that has lost the training that we got for critical thinking and honest debate on both sides. As you said, like Reagan and Carter, I think we've uh, people aren't educated in that way anymore, and you have. Uh, Every kind of crazy, everything, people can accuse each other of anything and make up stories about each other and still still they get away with it because the laws that were against that have been eliminated through the years it's just like industrialized farming became deregulated and and uh the the corporations could leave the country and take the jobs with them and dump their pollution in china rather than over here china and india are two of the most polluted places on the face of the earth now because there are no environmental laws in either one of those nations and and uh, i could go on and on and on about these and who has the power in the world to do all this follow the money follow the money it's an ancient adage but it is true
0: I want to um, move on from the more political um, nature of this discussion, but before we do, we've got one very, very important thing to talk about. there's a president presidential election coming up in what? five days now? I'm not even sure what it is, but it's very, very close. Uh, Although much of the voting has already been done. I think some 80 million people have have already voted uh, out of a, uh, that's almost half, I think, or maybe even more than half of what the total votes cast will be. But either way, we have a presidential election that'll be uh, November 3rd. What do you see in the stars?
1: Now, As it relates I, have, to I want to tell you, I predicted this before. Again, when I was on Coast to Coast January 2nd, this is what I said. We are going to have a scenario on Election Day where it actually looks pretty good for President Trump. On election day. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though the economy, I said, the economy, things are going to crash. We're going to have, you know, all this bad stuff going on. And and the interviewer said to me, but how could that be, you know, if we're having all this bad stuff? And I said, well, the planets are lining up fairly favorable to Trump. However, Mercury goes direct. It's retrograde right now. It goes direct on election day squared to Saturn in this pileup of, of planets which means we won't know who won on Election Day. And Trump will proclaim that he's victorious and we should stop counting the votes. Uh, And this is what I said on that show in January, and what I've been predicting all year long, is that we may engage the Supreme Court to decide this, like remember the Bush Gore fiasco yeah. in, in the year two thousand. I said it's not identical, but it's similar. However, if you let all the votes be counted and and let it let you get into the end of the week or into next week, it looks more favorable for Joe Biden. So initially, it looks, you know, you would think with a pandemic that got completely out of control, uh, with the yelling and screaming and hollering. Now, I, I have to say, I'm a registered independent, and I have seen good and bad traits in both parties through through the years, so this is not it. But for a president who has just stoked massive hatred, uh, He has to hate. He just lives off of hate. uh, Throughout, and if if you cross him in any way, he'll try to tear you to pieces. There's no debate with this person. There's no dissent. Uh, And and the way he has caged up, young babies and and immigrants in cages. Let's try to keep. Let's try to keep
0: it not so political, Linda. I you know I I can I appreciate your passion on the particular topic, but let's talk more about what you see. from the stars as the outcome well, from
1: the stars I, what i the reason I brought all this stuff up is that, in spite of all those things, the planetary pictures are fairly favorable to Trump on election day, mm-hmm. but my forecast is that we won't be decided on election day that this is going to stretch out and as it stretches out now. What else comes into the picture? The court. They've already come in. The court has already made a decision that certain states that said they need more time to count their votes after Election Day have the right to do that. That was just, I think, decided yesterday. I think,
0: Yeah, I think it's actually been decided all along, depending on the state. You know, they've been coming out with these decisions right along here.
1: Well, apparently the Constitution gives the states the right to determine their uh, 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 methodologies of voting and whether or not these things—this was the thing in the Bush-Gore election, is that Florida did not want to recount their votes— and so everybody went, you know, they went to the, or they, there was a thing over recounting the votes. And uh, the Supreme Court ruled that the state of Florida had the right to do what it wanted to do here. If it didn't recount, it didn't recount. And that's how uh, Bush came in. Because all the votes were not counted. And you remember the hanging chads and all of that? Oh, I that.
0: remember all of that very, very well. And I think yeah. th- I, th- I think I went to bed that night Thinking uh, Gore had won, and woke up hearing that Bush had won. It was uh, something very bizarre like that, if I remember correctly.
1: Yes. Well, we <laughs> have bizarre going on right now because there's startling similarities in the in the the astrological uh, aspects, the planets, to one another. So my feeling is. That if everything, if the court, it may be that John Roberts is the most powerful person in in our country, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you know the and there's there's all these uh, things now about you know stacking the court and you know all these battles over the court and Trump's uh, appointment, a nominee, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, but basically, the court may be once again brought back into this. I had predicted. Well, it's already been brought back into it. So we shall see. My prediction is Biden will win if all the votes are counted. Yeah, um... but if, if somehow the court rules, we can now stop counting votes. Remember the military. There's like a hundred or two hundred thousand or something coming in from the military that are always late. <laughs> They never come in on Election Day. You know, there's always this counting that has to go out. So it's going to be a dead heat, and it does not look bad for Trump on Election Day. But as time goes on, my forecast is the longer it goes, the more likely that Biden is to win.
0: Tell me about how, um, back in 2001, you predicted and you saw that America was going to be attacked and I I don't know if you were uh, aware of how severe that attack was going to be maybe you were tell us about that experience for you
1: well- I have an ongoing newsletter that's free to the public. I write. I put. It's Soothsayer. S o o t h e s a y e r dot com, uh, and you can you can get it. I, I I put a newsletter up the first of every month, and I make forecasts about the things that lie ahead. And uh what I saw in August, and I wrote in my August newsletter that year of two thousand and one that the astrological pictures there 's a Pluto. Saturn opposition in Gemini and and Sagittarius, and our the uh, chart that I use for the USA has Sagittarius rising, uh, and that Pluto Saturn was Pluto was right on that ascendant opposite Saturn uh, by September, and I said the last time we had anything that resembled this was Pearl Harbor.
2: <laughs> wow! Yeah.
1: And, and so I said there, there were not identical, but very similar patterns uh, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. So I made an educated guess because of how Osama bin Laden and his group were acting up at that time. I remember in July of that year on CNN, Gary Hart, do you remember him?
2: Yeah, of He'd course, He was appointed
1: 84. by President Clinton. To uh, uh, to a task force to investigate Bin Laden and the terrorists, and Gary Hart, uh, and of course, Bush was pre- had just been elected president at that point. Gary Hart appeared on a, on a show and said, "I'm telling you, we are scared to death because we're seeing things on computers and cell phones and everything that indicate we're about to be attacked by terrorists." And we think it may be connected with bin Laden. So I predicted that I didn't predict the 11th of September, but I predicted in in September, starting September of 2001 and going through June of 2002, that this was a cycle in which people might be terrorists might be attacking America. And by the way, there were further attacks. Remember the uh, 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 what the poison they were mailing to people? I forget what it was. Uh, They were mailing to congressmen in envelopes. (laughs) Uh, uh, Was it anthrax?
0: (laughs) Was it anthrax or was it uh... anthrax? Yeah, right. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. You remember that the anthrax that was going through the mail. This was just a very very uh severe time with, with that opposition in the history of the United States right on the USA chart, astrological chart. So that's that's where I got that. Now I didn't say it was September eleventh. I didn't say the World Trade Center that planes were going to dive into, but I said we were in this time period very much in danger of a significant terrorist attack. And I said it could be in Washington, D.C., it could be in New York City, it could be in Los Angeles, it it could hit any of our major cities. And that was my forecast. And and when 9-11 happened, let's say I got a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls at that time,
0: Yeah, I mean, did you have a sense that this would be um, basically life-changing? It was world-changing. Those events were world-changing. We're still dealing with the fallout from those events.
1: Well, you know, all of this goes back to our policies of both parties in the Middle East dealing with oil and the oil companies like Saudi Arabia, who you know we didn't find out who these terrorists really were for a long time? There was a committee appointed uh, uh, uh you know to look into it and everything. every single one of those people were saudis not they weren't from Iraq. <laughs> yeah. One Egyptian and the rest were saudi Saudis uh connected with bin Laden and, and his group. Did we attack the Saudis in retaliation? No. We went in and, and and attacked Iraq. This was just the most awful foreign policy decision. Both parties agree well, now. This is- I, I
0: think in retrospect, there's a lot of things that were wrong with it. But I'm going to say this because I think that sometimes there's a there's not all of the the. <sighs> emotion of what was happening at the time is remembered and um i think if you're a military strategist and you look at the map of the middle east and you say okay we know there are problems here they pointed at syria we know there are problems here they pointed at iran they know we knew there were problems in afghanistan and we knew there were problems in saudi arabia what Location, can we put a significant military presence in to influence what is happening in those nations who are sponsors of terrorism? And Iraq is a big red target. I mean, it just geographically, that's what happens. So, do I think that they used maybe false pretense to go in there? Yeah, I think they did. However, Mm -hmm. I don't think they did it because they wanted to attack Iraq. I think they did it because they needed to fight this war on terrorism a significant military presence that was adjacent and could threaten those nations that were sponsoring the terrorism itself so i think when they made a strategic decision to fight this war on terror which i think if by many measures we've been rather successful at um i think that that was what what the motivation was and i think i don't think they could say that publicly because i think i don't know whatever that's just my opinion
1: well i you've made some very excellent points uh, because of the, uh, I mean Saddam Hussein and his his gang, you know. Definitely, uh, there was Libya and Gaddafi, uh, and of course uh, the uh, uh, Osama bin Laden, who was somewhat of a Saudi uh, rebel and who was. It turned out he was behind it. The problem with all of this is. That. And, of course, Iran, who continues to be a sponsor of yep. terror and continues. But going in with a war machine and toppling a country, all this did was topple the balance of power and make things worse. Terrorism, these terrorists who were fundamental, fundamentalist Islamic People for the most part. All Islam is not like these people. We know that. But these were the. uh, uh, This is like trying to get a virus, by the way. We have a virus now. But I mean, terrorism is like attacking a virus, it's all over the place. It spreads all over the place. Yeah. And It, and, it, and, and, it, it is an outgrowth of economic inequities and social turmoil. And, uh, out, you know, societies with their values and everything clashing. It's a very complex issue. And by attacking a nation, what happened was Iraq has never, dis- never recovered from this. Right. Uh, and it destabilized the area. And what do we have? We had the rise of ISIS. So we had to go in there and fight ISIS. Well, the rise of ISIS was
0: more a result of the Obama policies that followed the Bush, in my estimation. Let's move on from this. Because we're going to run out of time, Linda, and I don't want to. Because I've got a lot of questions, and I want to talk a lot about the things that you've right. you've observed for our future as well. As you look at what how we come out of this pandemic and how we, if we return to normalcy, what do you see? Um, you know, what what have the stars told you about that?
1: Well, uh, I think that uh, I want to give you some dates, which I think will be useful. I think that an important date is going to be february 20th of 2021 okay. this you know coming year i think that's when we are really going to start mass vaccinating people
0: did you say? Uh, I'm it, sorry. Did it, you say February 20th specifically? It,
1: February 20th. Yes. Okay. Now we're going to have. There are these uh, tremendous. This this is my upside of the. Uh, what I want to say. We've talked about a lot of downsides. <laughs> my. Uh, I feel. I think the facts support that there are all of these. There are ten pharmaceutical companies that are developing vaccines, putting, you know, each testing 30,000 people and going through the process of creating effective and safe vaccines. By the end of this year, by December, we're going to have probably more than one of them will announce that they have effective vaccines. But the infrastructure, which has a lot to do with Aquarius coming up, the Mercury in Aquarius, the Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius, that represents the public at large has to be in place in order for these vaccinations to effectively take place. And my feeling is, is that if we're looking, there may be things going on and things being built and things being arranged, but I feel that that time between February 20th and May 14th, in that period, Jupiter's transits through Aquarius and Mercury goes direct in course, will be a time when there's going to be mass vaccinations. Now, in answer to, to your question, Saturn is going to square Uranus next year, which it creates a whole other set of problems because there may be either another uh, I won't say pandemic or or problem uh, uh with illness, there could be a, a mutation, which there already is in this virus. Um, we, so we're gonna struggle with this. We're gonna vaccinate people, it's gonna get better, but it's gonna be very, very slow to come out of this because that Saturn Uranus score, we also are going to have major technological problems, possibly hacking, possibly, uh, we haven't even gone into climate change, which I think is the elephant in the room, and the biggest thing that we have to face, that humanity has to face in our lifetimes, um, uh, is the climate catastrophes. There may be more of those next year that takes down our electrical system or invades the Internet, uh, our our technology, uh, because Uranus does rule technology and electricity, and Saturn has to do with limitation, and it's in... It's in a sign, uh, Aquarius, which is ruled by Uranus, and I won't go into all of that, but it's going to take our time. The economy is not just going to bound back enthusiastically. We have the economy of Wall Street, the giant Wall Street bubble, and then we have everybody else. There are at least two economies that have little or nothing to do with each other, and we're going to have to face the ramifications of that as well, and, and, and climate catastrophes and mass movements and migrations out of certain parts of, of the world. Uh, so next year is no Fun, but I but I want to right, say, But
0: hold on, Linda. Are you suggesting that these that many of these climate catastrophes or this overall climate catastrophe will will start seeing the impact and this migration and these other effects next yes, year? Yes,
1: climate next catastrophes. Year? Uh, I feel, and I I said this in books and newsletters in years gone by. The whole thing about uh, th- th- this country has migrated west and south. They've gone into the south. They've gone into the west. The western United States is drying up. It's heating up as you know the massive unprecedented fires in in California in now Oregon and in Colorado are just so massive they've never seen anything like it because it's getting hotter and drier and and on the east coast we're going to have greater and greater hurricanes that are coming up the east coast
0: I, I'm sorry uh, there
1: are going to be more of them and they're going to be more severe these are what the climate scientists are telling yeah, but Linda so, I just want
0: to make sure I understand did you say this is happening next year
1: uh, it's already started happening. Oh, okay okay we know that it's happening now as we speak it's just that next year we're going to be facing the ramifications we're going uh, people are going to really be frustrated and think to themselves how can they make necessary changes to accommodate themselves in other words they will not be able to ignore the climate catastrophes that lie ahead of us. And my feeling is that we're going to move in you know, if we talk about you're in Cooperstown, I'm in Ithaca, we may be we're in the Finger Lakes <laughs> region where we have plenty of water and the cold winters that we have are not nearly as cold as they were 20 and 30 years ago. Uh, they're warming up. I think people are going to move in to where there is fresh water and farmland and where and elevation above sea level, that's why I think there's going to be mass movements yeah. from the coastal regions inland, to places of elevation, and that that's going to be a big deal. We're going next year. We're not going to solve everything next year, but we're going to be facing these things. We're going to be looking at them more squarely.
0: Linda Sherman is our guest tonight. Linda is an astrologer and an author, and I do want to remind you particularly in our chat room, you know, a lot of what we're talking about relates to presidential election and the future of the nation and indeed the world. And some of this involves political talk. It's just the way it has to be in order to have a real conversation about this. And one thing I always preach and I and one of the things that's made me very, very frustrated about the climate right now is that too many people are too quick to shut down opposing political points of view. I don't believe that's healthy. I think in order for us to have a functioning democracy, we have to listen to the people, particularly those that disagree with us. So I've seen some comments about disagreeing with some of these ideas. That's fine. You can disagree. Everybody, please be respectful. And we'll continue to have a conversation that in the end will all be better for. And I don't just mean tonight. I'm talking in general. Um, but as it relates to tonight, you know, we are talking about uh, one of the most contentious presidential elections in the history, if not the most contentious presidential elections in the history of this nation. And uh, Linda has seen some things through her work as an astrologer, and we're, uh, we're we're learning a lot about what she's seen, and her track record is very, very good on this stuff, so we appreciate her insight. Linda, this stuff, um, it touches nerves, don't doesn't it? <laughs>
1: Yes, really I certainly does. agree with your perspective that we should look at all sides and have honest, critical debates, uh, honest debates from both sides of the aisle. Yeah, I it has agree to be you more. You can't, about you
0: can't, and uh, you can't have progress. You can't, you know, find consensus. You can't find a middle ground, and we need middle ground for people. That's how the system is supposed to work. You find the middle ground, and then not everybody gets what they want, but not everybody gets shut out either.
1: Exactly. And the best people in Washington of both parties have been people who've been able to do that. They've accomplished yeah, that. Yeah,
0: it's just been, it's become a rarity, it seems, which is a real shame. Let's talk about the age of Aquarius. What does that mean? What is that? What is, what are ages? Right. What well, are the quote unquote ages? Approximately
1: every 2,100 years, uh, there is a, a relationship of the vernal equinox. Uh, to a, a, a constellation, and every 21 years that relationship changes. Now, we've been living for the past 2,100 years in the age of Pisces. Uh, we are about to enter, we've been gradually moving from one age to the next. You could see qualities of both of those themes and ages. Uh, as of December 21st this year, we have a Jupiter Saturn conjunction in the first degrees of Aquarius, which most of us feel is really initiating our march into the age of Aquarius. Now, what is the age of Aquarius? We are going to have Aquarian themes. I call it the age of star, of star, either star uh, systems and Star treks or Star Wars, however you want to look at it uh it's going to, we're going to see technological innovation and development that is going to make our eyeballs spin. We think everything has moved quickly it just in the past fifty years sixty years it's it's amazing how fast a lot of our Problems are going to be potentially, I say because everything is potential, not actuality, uh, are going to be solved. Now, the big one, the big one that I talk about all the time in my newsletter is going to be nuclear fusion. Uh, hydrogen boron nuclear fusion. Now, that technology people think is 30, 40 years away. It's, it, it's the holy grail. It has to do with a hydrogen ignition reaction. No pollution, no plutonium, yeah, no uranium, yeah, the, 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 this, no, none of this. The, 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 a hydrogen fusion. Uh, reaction that could I- create infinite amounts of energy with literally no pollution.
0: This is this is the holy grail of energy sources, right?
1: It, JP it is happening. And I have been faithfully reporting New York Times September 29th, compact compact nuclear fusion reactor is very likely to root to work that's an article i uh have put into this coming this november newsletter i have quoted from scientific american the new york times science news uh the, the uh problems involved with fusion the implementation are being solved wow. by uh and one of the places it's being solved is a company called Commonwealth Fusion Systems just across from MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts, made up of these geniuses from MIT, and they are creating a smaller fusion react. They have fusion reactions in France, Germany, Switzerland, and in the United States, in California. They've got ignition. They need an infrastructure to implement this. And this company is doing it. They have solved many of the problems with electrical conductivity and all these things. And my theme for this coming month's newsletter is the idea whose time has come. And one of them is real democracy, which we've been uh, trying to achieve through the years. And another one is the solving of infinite amounts of energy. Uh, uh, that will take care of everything with no pollution. It's going to be the biggest thing since the invention of the wheel. It's just going to be. In fact, I just saw online a thirteen-year-old kid, Jackson Oswalt, was his name, was revealed on Guinness World Records, the website, to fuse together two deuterium atoms using a reactor he had built in his playroom of his family home in Memphis, Tennessee. He will go into the Guinness. Book World of Records in 2021 as the youngest person to achieve fusion. Wow. When an idea whose time has come which is what we deal with, technology is going to be able to solve so many of our problems that it's going to be mind boggling we're going to end the age of oil altogether and fossil fuel but we have to create an economy or economies that work around all this well
0: as long as we're we going, can as long as we can do that without doubling uh, the average uh, homeowner's electric bill and heat bill and you know what it's like up here in new york heat bills get pretty pricey <laughs> as it well, is you know
1: we we got solar panels on. On our roof, so we have no essential electric bill. We just pay to be on the grid. We pay the taxes and the fees, but we don't have an electric bill. Uh because we we have installed solar panels and solar is gonna be another thing that's gonna become widely used and popular. But in addition to solving that this is something that is not going to cost the kind of money that digging for oil and gas and coal and you know all of that which soiled and, and devastated the the global climate do and you environment. See, uh, Linda, do it's you... not gonna have those problems. It's they will charge you. They will have to charge us for this, especially as we initiate infrastructures and set them up. But it isn't going to be costly. That's going to be another good thing about it.
0: Do you you see all of this from your astrological readings? I mean, are you actually seeing
1: this? Yes, I see that the, and Pluto is going to go into Aquarius, Pluto, this big powerful planet going into Aquarius, which is gonna empower technology. We're gonna see, uh, uh, I mean, I, I constantly publishing articles uh, on my newsletter about scientific stuff, breakthroughs that are extremely important. Cause not only fusion, but the near perfect battery is gonna be achieved, which Elon Musk has been working on. Uh, we're running out of rare earths and minerals because we've mined them out of existence. The asteroid psyche is being surveyed and is now seen as a metal object rich in minerals and NASA's mission. Part of its discovery program is going to send a low-cost robot into yeah. space to survey that. We are, and medicine, health and medicine, genetic engineering, monoclonal antibodies, this this. this The bright side of this terrible pandemic that has taken so many lives and injured so many people is that we're speeding up antiviral medications. That's right. It won't be just vaccines. It's going to be antivirus. We are just going to explode. With science and innovation in this period, it's going to be amazing.
0: Well, but I think big, if there, yeah, if there is a silver lining in what we're going through right now, it's exactly what you just pointed out. We've made great strides in a lot of not just uh, uh, medical technologies, but also in just the way we've been able to accomplish other things with just you know online learning, and uh, and and we're discovering that not everybody needs to commute to a city to be able to work exactly. anymore. And these are all these are all very very uh, I think these
1: healthy size set. Pointed out, Jamie, this is very important. People are, so many people are going to be able to work out of their home offices, uh, online, these things are going to have to be perfected. They're mm-hmm. going to have to be upgraded. One of the big things I tell young people, if you're so inclined and have a degree in, in computers, is to do cybersecurity. I've been recommending this for the past 20 years yeah. in my newsletter, cyber security is going to be a big problem that is going to have to be dealt with and solved. I also think we're going to have online digital Currency, that the age of dollar bills. That will scares end me a little bit. The next that, 20
0: that, years one sca- so. that one scares me a little bit, and I think you're right.
1: But it, it scares me, too, yeah. because who is going to control this? Yeah. And uh, who is, you know, I say this could be the time of Star Trek, you know, the Borg. <laughs> <Just all laughs> right, <up>. right,
2: right, right. <laughs>
1: Concerned about the dark side of Aquarius, I call it the Frankenstein side of Aquarius, that we have all this technology and robots take over our jobs, and we lose our humanity, we lose our souls, uh, we are going to have to develop uh, the humane side. I want to mention, I know our time is limited, two great Aquarians in the 19th century, born on the same date in the same year, Abraham Lincoln and Charles Darwin, both born in February. and, and, And in the 19th century, you could arguably say Lincoln a great statesman, uh, a, one of the great of all time that eradicated slavery, fought a civil war over this. He was a complex person, but he was a great humanitarian. And Charles Darwin, who changed the nature of, of science, biology, uh, uh, with his theory of evolution, natural selection, and th- these two guys were born on, had the same birth date the same year.
2: Wow. Interesting. <laughs> and they
1: were both a And I say there's two sides. There's the political, humanitarian side that believes in democracy, equality of dignity of all human beings, having a shot, a decent shot at life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There's the humanitarian Aquarius that cares about people and sees our fellow men not as enemies but cohabitants of this planet. We're doing it together. And then the technological, the science Aquarius, and we are going to have to deal with both of those, because without consciousness evolution, both spiritually and in terms of psychologically, we could misuse all of this great science. And I happen to be an optimist, and I think that we have the potential to to absolutely grow in both of those directions
2: well
0: it's uh, you know used for the right purposes this is all great news and hopefully that's what we can we can uh control ourselves as a as a race uh, to do that and use things for the, for benefit and not for destruction that's always the problem with any of these technologies but L- linda you know we're out of time this went so fast and i appreciate everything that you brought to the table tonight where can people and i'm assuming it's the website but where can people get in touch with you i'm assuming you do private readings and you offer your yes, services I do. Yeah. you can
1: email me at sue soothe- Say S O O T H E S A Y E R at USA dot net. And you can go to my website, which is again Soothsayer with an E in the middle, S O O T H E S A Y E R dot com, or just Google Linda Sherman and look for Linda Sherman and the Soothsayer. And you can click in, you can read my newsletters, my biography, uh, and and you will also see my my telephone number, my email, every way on earth of contacting me. <laughs> and I hope
0: you will. <laughs> well, listen. Uh, thanks for being here tonight, Linda. Uh, button up the house because winter's coming. We're supposed to get some snow here tomorrow. I think. Are yes, you, are you I heard. Are you getting it too, or is it just just over Cooperstown? Yes. So you'll have it too. Well, um, you know, it never surprised me. Halloween sometimes is you can go out with shorts and a t-shirt, or you, can, you need a parka. It's, it's that's the that's the fun of upstate New York. You just never know. Again, thanks for being here, Linda. I, I look forward to having well, you back. Thank
1: you. A pleasure. A pleasure to talk with you.